0: Welcome to KOEM Presents, a podcast produced by KOEM News Now and the four states' most watched
1: news team. When storms hit and your power goes out, you can trust your Generac generator to supply you with the emergency power you need to keep you and your family safe during a disaster. Control your power. Control your life with a Generac standby generator. Sold, installed, and maintained by CDL Electric. Don't get stuck without power this storm season. Call CDL Electric today at 800-392-4942. Welcome back. Another episode. I think I had teased
0: in a different location, but we're in the same location this time. We're keeping it the same. Looks like it, yeah. Looks like it, at least to us (laughs) so far. Um, Dow with us again. Obviously, I have to thank our sponsors to start things off. CDL Electric and Grand Lake Casino. You had the birthday party. Yeah, for my uh, one-year-old granddaughter. And it was a smashing success. Of course it was. Even aside from the heat. She was a star, smashing in a lot of ways. She smashed her face into the cake. That's a big thing, too, is the, like... It's You tradition. just kind of let them go at it, you know? Yes, yeah. You <laughs> get the, they wear group.
2: more cake than they eat. Yeah, That's part exactly. of the fun. Yeah, exactly. Sure.
0: <laughs> That's so much fun. Well, today we're talking about some more fun topics, a little bit more lighthearted than our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, great adventures, which that is more specific than just overall adventures. You've obviously been yeah. on a lot of adventures throughout the years. Um, and prior to this, we were talking about how the reporter's job is more of an observatory one than a participating one. Right.
2: And that's generally my philosophy. A great adventure is something that I would document that someone else was doing. Yeah. But um, I was a fan of a reporter. He was a sports reporter named George Plimpton, um, for most of the 20th century, he mm-hmm. was a reporter who uh, engaged in what they called participatory journalism, where he would kind of put himself into this story and actually get to experience uh, some of these adventures. Yeah. And I had an idea for a series that I would call Great Adventures. <laughs> and... Um, I wouldn't do this exactly the same way now, but at the time, I, I wanted to actually experience for myself things like skydiving and yeah. and riding in a race car and rappelling down a cliff. And so I had pitched this idea, uh, first of all, to my news director. And what year? What, when was this? This would have been um, the 1990s, okay. late 90s. I, I, I remember I was um, pushing 40, so this was a long time ago. <laughs> I've been pulling 40 for yeah, a long time. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and maybe maybe I was going through a midlife crisis <laughs> from, as I think about it now. I don't know. But um, at any rate, I uh, pushed the idea to a uh, news director. She said, oh, let me run it by the general manager. And the GM said, uh, that sounds way too dangerous. And I'm not sure our insurance will cover it. And... Um, as things happen at any business, eventually, you know, there's turnover. Yeah. And we we got a new general manager, uh, Danny Thomas. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'm going to pitch this story again. And Danny said, that sounds like a great idea. Maybe he was less concerned about whether it <laughs> <Yeah>. was dangerous.
0: <laughs> Just like, go for it.
2: Yeah, we don't care. Uh, but he said, yeah, I, he, let's do that. And I, I said, all right, Danny, to do this, I need a special camera. I need a little camera that I can take with me mm-hmm. so I can get – the whole point of this was to give my point of view on these experiences. And this, this was before GoPro was invented. I said, this is a
0: much earlier time.
2: Yeah, yeah there was no, no GoPro. But there was a, a camera that was called a lipstick camera because it was roughly the size of a lipstick, and it's connected by a cable to – uh, recorder. It was
0: tilted, or tilted tape. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, it was sizable enough that I thought, well, I could put it in a backpack or strap mm-hmm. it to me in some ways, and we could take this lipstick camera and connect it to a helmet. I mean, this is like, I guess, a, a rudimentary early version of GoPro. Yeah. And and he says, fine, we'll buy this. And, and I pointed out I could use it for other things too. There was going to be some hidden camera investigations and, and other uses for this later. But um, we got the camera, and the first part of this series turned out to be something that we didn't use the camera for because it was, it was um, an idea that our production or our promotions um, and sales department had that um, they invited me to ride a bull in a rodeo. This was in Carthage, and I said, "No, of course not." And, and they, they explained to me uh, that no, this is actually just kind of a gag, now, That they're gonna invite you in, they're going to announce to the crowd, that you're going to ride a bull, and it's actually going to be a little small, tame bull, and it's just going to walk <laughs> across the, the ring, and, and the crowd will laugh, and you can tip your cowboy hat, and so on. Yeah. And um, so against my better judgment, I said, okay, I'll do this. And I go to the rodeo in Carthage. We have a photographer, a news photographer there who's going to be shooting this. And I'm watching these other bull riders who, by the way, were like teenagers to maybe maximum twenty. Oh, like the real deal. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah they're real. I mean, they've got the full gear. They've got the padded chest gear and <laughs> maybe helmets. I don't remember, but, um, and they're trying to give me tips before it's my turn on how to do this. Like, Guys, I don't need to know that this. See, my my bull is is a tame bull, and uh, they were skeptical and. Um, because they were skeptical i started to become a bit more skeptical (laughs) i wasn't sure but before i know it i'm sitting on the back of a bull, no protective gear and um it's bigger than i imagined and the horns were very real
0: did it seem tame
2: it it i know that it had a name like hurricane or trouble or (laughs) something that i assumed was meant to be ironic yeah um but did it seem tame? Does any bull seem tame? I don't well, know. The, the, horns, the horns were real. Yep. Uh, at any rate, they opened up the gate, and um, Hurricane wasn't in on the gag, apparently. Oh, no. No. And so, um, you know, the idea of when you ride a bull is you're supposed to be on it for eight seconds. Yeah. And then they judge how well you did. But you have to stay on it for eight seconds. And we timed the video later, and I was on this bull for about four Wow. Short enough that we had to show it in slow motion because it was too quick. <laughs> it was, and you it was missed too it. quick, right? Still,
0: though.
2: <laughs> well, if it had, if it had been one of the bulls that the other guys were in, I would have been on it for about half a second. <laughs> this one, I guess, comparatively maybe it was tamer, but it wasn't tame. It was and, still pretty good. Yeah, and you know, and I land hard on my. Left shoulder and, you know, I pick up my hat, dust myself off, wave to the crowd. And, you know, they were going for a laugh. I'm sure they got one <laughs> and some cheers. But th- then from that point on, then we were doing the real series with, yeah. with my little lipstick. And that's just yeah. how you started off. That's the way how, to start it off. Right. That was just like a little part of part one. This is going to be a five-part series. Um, for the first one, I was um, going uh, rock climbing. Um, and rappelling, mm-hmm. went met with uh, a guy who was a trainer in Southwest Missouri. Uh, took me to a, a cliff, showed me how to do this, and showed me how to um, belay, where they lower you from a rope, and so. Yeah. On. At this point, this was a few days after I had ridden this ball, and my left shoulder—oh gosh—I <laughs> couldn't raise my arm above my head. So um, my rock climbing, I did well enough that I was able to get up the cliff, and and um, at some point. I slip, and, you know, I swing out from the cliff, but it was perfect because they're shooting this from the ground. You see me up there, and then we cut to my lipstick camera, and you see it goes and You look down, and it's exactly as I envisioned. Yeah. And then from that point on, we did um, a few others that were fairly tame, um, uh, parasailing um, over Grand Lake. You know, okay. So you get my yeah. point of view looking down at, at the boat and up at the parachute and um, went to um, – uh, worlds of fun, the amusement park in Kansas mm-hmm. City, where I got to ride a uh, ride that hadn't yet been open to the public.
0: Oh, well, At that time, maybe like the Mamba or something um, like that? It was, it was
2: the Detonator. Oh, the Detonator. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. But while I was up there, I also rode um, some roller coasters. because yeah. It was going to be fun video from the perspective of this of early course. version of a GoPro. And it was going well. And um, it came to a point where I was going to be riding in a race car, a Mocan drag. Mm -hmm. uh, Now, drag strip, it's just a straight line race track, quarter mile, where the cars just go as fast as they can. The race is typically 10 seconds long. Yeah. Okay. And there are a couple of types of dragsters. There's, uh, at least in the kind of the long pointy noses. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the modified stock cars. And I was going to be riding in one of these modified stock cars. Not a driver. I was just going to be riding.
0: Yeah, just passenger. Yep.
2: Right. So this is like at the uh, rodeo where they announced to the crowd early on that a little bit later I'm going to be doing this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's official now. I'm kind of committed. (laughs) And I remember as the races are going on, I'm chatting with some fans. I've talked to some of the drivers. And I I meet my driver, and he's going to show me then the car that I'm going to be riding in. Mm -hmm. Now, when they modify these stock cars, of course, they soup up the engines, but they also strip them of any unnecessary weight. Oh, yeah. They're
0: like bare bones. Right.
2: Yeah. You look look inside, like the dash is just this skeleton of a dash. (laughs) And, um, you know, even the steering wheel, everything is smaller, lighter. And, and of course, if it has a back seat, they remove the back seat. Mm -hmm. It didn't occur to me until I looked in this car that they also removed the passenger seat.
0: Oh, they didn't tell you this beforehand. They didn't tell me this.
2: But they thought it was not necessary because they had made arrangements. They had uh, this sort of molded plastic seat that maybe you'd see in the school lunchroom mm-hmm. that they had removed the legs, and they bolted this into what would have been the passenger seat area. Oh, wow. I said, and I was going to be riding in that, and I said, this doesn't look safe. I said, don't worry about it, Town. I said, and by the way— I notice there is no seat belt. and they said we've got it covered <laughs> uh, we're going to strap you in or, or tie you in, I think is the term to they tie use. you in yeah and i I um, thought, so did this mean they have some sort of a special sort of seatbelt? And, and and I noticed by the way, the driver not only has you know a racing seat, but he has a five point harness yeah,
0: they're all and it's thick they're oh thick yeah harnesses yeah. And,
2: and he has a helmet and um I'm wearing basically a modified um, hard hat. <laughs> and, and they were literally going to tie me in. Um, and it wasn't with a strap. It was with, as I recall, a, like an orange plastic rope. And they said, uh, just so that I wouldn't be cut in half if we crashed. That rather than just tie me at the waist, they're going to tie me, you know, wrap it around up, up to my chest.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah. So uh, So I have this decision to make. I think, well... They've already announced it. It has to happen at this it has, point. It has to happen, yeah. I mean, uh, I, we have a TV crew there. Mm-hmm. Um, either this is going to be a fun feature story that's going to air on TV in a week or two, or maybe it's going to be the lead story tonight, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how it goes. Lead
0: anchor in uh, <laughs> Great Adventures act. Uh, right, but
2: one way or the other, it was going to be on TV. So, um Cut to the chase. Uh, spoiler alert: I survived. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and it was a thrill, and it was it was kind of a fun video. And you know, you you get the rush, the um, momentum of that car, and mm-hmm. pushed back. it. It was kind of cool.
0: And you did the lipstick camera for that? The lipstick well. camera, right.
2: So by, yeah, and you know, I could have just mounted it on the dash looking back, but uh, no, you know, you see the, the guy driving and he, taking off and you see it running down, and you look out the side window and it's just this blur just, going yeah. by. Um, and it was kind of, it was fun. It's not something I would do again, but I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> and what, how quickly, were, so you're doing these every week.
2: Um, I, we, we were airing them. Um, on five consecutive nights. Oh, okay. So I, I shot these um, before – I shot all of them before any of them aired.
0: Okay.
2: Which is typically how we would do yeah. this on this. Um, I, I believe that's right. I might be mistaken on that, but, yeah, I think, believe that was right. It was five-part uh, series. We promoted oh, yeah. pretty heavily. Yeah. The promotions be. on all of these would end with just before the event. Like, um, you know, you're at the starting line and um, the light goes – To green and then it freezes. Yeah, great adventures next next episode.
0: That's always kind of the I feel like the rule of thumb. You know, you get that anticipation. Right, And Like even sports, I you know, know, the sports promotion. You almost to that catch or almost to that. Right, you don't
2: give the final score. Yeah, it's more exciting
0: that way. I mean, that's the greatness of it.
2: Well, the last one in in that was was skydiving, and um, I had set this up um, some weeks in advance. I was going Mm. to. Uh, skydiving place in Aurora Missouri and I get down there at the appointed time with the photographer and um, this is going to be a tandem jump where you know basically the skydiver is strapped to your back so he's doing all the work you're just going (laughs) along for the ride Um, but I get down there and he asked me if I had been uh, practicing the landing maneuvers on the videotape he had sent me and I said what videotape I didn't get any videotape he said oh we meant to send you a tape not a problem we'll give you some lessons and so he gave me some lessons on basically how to, to fall. You know, you jump off of a, a short height, and you, you fall and roll. Mm-hmm. And, and then um, eventually we move to the plane sitting on the tarmac, and he shows me how I'm going to be going out on this little platform and holding on to this strut and then counting down, and then saying, you know, one, two, three, go, and then let go. And, and we kind of go through the motions um, on the ground. Yeah, and and with this, there's going to be another photographer. By the way, a, a trained um, aerial photographer who's going to jump with us. So he was going to be shooting from his perspective. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, we had the lipstick camera that um, the other guy was wearing, um, and then we had a guy on the ground shooting this. And um, we went up. Oddly, I wasn't I wasn't as nervous about this as I was about riding the bull or the race car. It seemed relatively safe. Me. Yeah, um,
0: it seems more almost like controlled. I've always said you know skydiving seems more controlled than like bungee jumping. Where it's just exactly, like a,
2: I could never, I could never bungee jump.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, more controlled. I think that's right. It's also because when you're skydiving, um, you're up so high. Generally, they jump from ten thousand feet. From, from th- for this one, they said they're going to go, I think thirteen 000 to fourteen thousand, so mm-hmm. I could free fall longer and be better video. Yeah, more, more time. and yeah, with bungee jumping, you know the. Horizon is rushing up on you really fast. From 13,000 feet, it's just like you, you, know, you feel the rush of the wind, but it's like you're floating. Um, as part of the instructions, I was supposed to check my altimeter every 10 seconds, I think, you know, check to see, because once you get below a certain altitude, it becomes more dangerous. You have to allow time for that chute yeah. to open, and if it doesn't, then, you know, have to make adjustments. Would you
0: say that was fairly, and he's like, I've never skied, dove before sky di- gone skydiving, i would always wanted to, but like, I hear the, uh, that's really the most jarring is, you know, it's the parachute. Yeah, yeah,
2: because you're going from 120 miles an hour on a free fall to suddenly considerably slower. <laughs> I don't know what this speed yeah. is. You're still going pretty, pretty good pace when you're descending, but obviously it's not 120 mm-hmm. miles an hour. So yeah, that's, I remember as we were falling, um, and we have this on the video from the other perspective. The instructor behind me, is tapping me on the helmet. I thought, what, what is he doing? Because I was having a great time, you know, giving the thumbs up to the other photographer. Yeah. And he reminded me I was supposed to be looking at my altimeter. I had kind of forgotten that. <laughs> and I looked at it and realized, oh, yeah, I'm past the point where I'm is supposed he,
0: to. Does, are you supposed to give him the cue then? Because I know, obviously, you're strapped to him. He's obviously checking it yeah, as well I don't, don't remember. I
2: don't remember that exactly. I think when it was time, you know, I was supposed to reach and pull the ripcord. And after, after he reminded me, I thought, oh, yeah, I probably I so you actually were the
0: one... Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, as I
2: recall that, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, and I mean, I know there's obviously different heights, but I feel like in that moment and being probably at a higher height, you do kind of feel like it's you're suspended.
2: Like, yeah, you don't really have the sense of movement around you except for the wind in your mm-hmm. face um, and the noise. You know, you're wearing goggles. You have um, a flight suit. There's one piece of flight suit that's kind of flapping in the, the wind. But, um, yeah, it's... It is it is a real rush.
0: You know, what a great way to kind of cap off wrap this, up the this, series. Yeah, let's wrap up this series. What yeah. do you? I mean, not to say there has to be a takeaway, but was there something you kind of felt like you know at the end of this? Was I mean, obviously it's pure enjoyment, but is is there kind of a takeaway that you kind of feel I, like at the end? I of um, put it above I wanted
2: armor? to do this um, as I, as I thought about it later. I think my. Um, um, my opinion of th- that story changed over mm. the years that series. I would have done it differently because um, I think I think it focused too much on me. I think it would have been a more interesting story and the way I would have done it now is to um, m- maybe have some other people do it and I just document their experience. Um, uh, um, maybe it was a little selfish, my right, motivations for doing it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think it, one could argue, you know, it is um, maybe grounding for the viewer. You know, they see you on TV every night. Right. And, you know, they, they see you kind of doing these, well, these and, things. Well, and I
2: also wanted to get the perspective of someone doing it for the first time. Oh, well, that's very true. I mean, so, are... so I didn't want someone that had just done this a hundred times. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the experience like? What's going through the training and but it feel like to do it for the first time? Yeah. So, you know, that's how I rationalized it, <laughs> the
0: <at any rate. laughs> And fun things to do across the, you know, four states. Um, yeah. yeah. And then further, I guess, was the next section we're going to get to, I guess a segue here, is the going across the country. You did everything in the four states. You're like, all right, you know, was the— Great Alaskan, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get into the quick Alaskan, Operation Alaskan Road, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, Was this before or after Great Adventures? This was after. So after. So that's even better. You know, you've done these things locally and now taking it one step further. So we're going to talk about that when we get back. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is brought to you by Grand Lake Casino. Enjoy the best gaming in the Tri-State area. Visit GrandLakeCasino.com for current promotions and entertainment. Grand Lake Casino, where friends play. Highway 10 north of Grove, Oklahoma. Welcome back. Short little break. We were talking about all the adventures in the four states, but that wasn't enough. We had to go. One, we had to go further. <laughs> okay. So just a short precursor, because obviously there's things that happen after this that you know hold good importance. Um, mm-hmm. How did this come about? How did this start out?
2: We had learned from the Missouri National Guard that they were participating in something called Operation Alaska Road. Engineering company was helping to build a road in Alaska to a remote Indian village. Wow. And um, Lieutenant Tammy Spicer, who was the director of media relations for the Guard, had notified us, maybe other TV stations, that on this next trip up there, there were going to be a couple of vacant seats on the plane, if anybody wanted to send a reporter and a photographer. And news director approached me and said, what do you think? And I said, I think I want to go.
0: Yeah, you're there. Yeah.
2: So it was going to be just a, a three-day, roughly three-day trip up and back. And um, so uh, Tyler Daniel Butts, the colleague at the station, and I, uh, we got those two seats. And um, remember, we started off um, early from Jefferson City. We think it would have been Whiteman Air Force Base, but I think it was Jefferson City yeah. Airport. Um, and we get onto this giant uh, military transport plane. It's the kind where the, you know, the tail kind of opens up and you can drive vehicles mm-hmm. up in it. But it had been converted so that it had seats in it. And
0: in that, like, cargo bay area. Correct. Oh, it's like, no. like okay. this big
2: cavernous, loud space. <laughs> it's not with, coach. With no windows. No, no, it's not coach. Um, it's a prop plane too, by the way. It's not a jet. Oh gosh. Um, but uh, we get on there with. Um, These National Guard members, there was one VIP on the trip that was uh, then-Missouri First Lady Jean Carnahan, Mm -hmm. the wife of uh, Governor Mel Carnahan, and we go first to a military base in Wyoming to refuel. From there, it's on to Ketchikan, Alaska. Um, Tyler and I get to ride in the cockpit for part of that, so we can get some views. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You're flying into um, Ketchikan. Now, Ketchikan is this community on this little narrow strip of land that hugs the coast, and on the back side of it, it's this massive mountain range, so it's there, Ketchikan is completely inaccessible by land. The only way to get there is by air or by sea. Yeah, we uh, land on this the airport, which is a little island just off the coast, and take a ferry to Ketchikan, and um, from there, the next day we're going to be going on on the mission. But that night we had dinner, I believe, with uh, Mrs. Carnahan and Lieutenant. Uh, Tammy Spicer, and got to, got to know them a, yeah. a little bit.
0: And what was her mission there? So she was...
2: Uh, she was there as a representative of Missouri, okay. basically. Yeah. Her, her husband at that point, Mel Carnahan, was, he was in the middle of a U.S. Senate race. Yeah. And um, it was in the final weeks of a U.S. Senate race. This was um, um, late summer, early fall of, 20, uh, of 2000. Okay. Okay. Um, he was running against the then-sitting uh, incumbent senator, former governor John Ashcroft for the U.S. Senate. At any rate, um, the next morning, uh, Tyler and I and a bunch of guardsmen, we get into amphibious vehicles, like a Saving Private Ryan sort of thing, you the know. big metal going into the yeah. water and coming back. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, and, um, Jean Carnahan being a VIP she's taking a helicopter <laughs> but uh, we're making the trip from Ketchikan to Annette Island which is um, it's a, a rainforest it's a moderate climate rainforest yeah. and um, it's also uh, the only Indian reservation in all of Alaska Oh wow! And it's it's beautiful. It's 20 miles across to get to this thing, but you see it just the mountains rising straight up out of the water. Mm-hmm. And, and we see bald eagles. And it's I mean it's it's like a Jurassic Park kind of island. <laughs> yeah. And we get we get to a beach. We get up on the island. We have um, a meal there before we set off with it's um, salmon that had been caught out of the ocean that morning oh, wow. and cooked over an open fire, and we eat this outside. And, is, and and had lunch with um, Mrs. Carnahan mm-hmm. um, and with Lieutenant Spicer, and then they're back in the helicopter and,
0: and <laughs> flying away, <laughs> right?
2: <and laughs> off off to the other end of the island, which is where we're going to go too. But we're getting there by way of this road that the National Guard is building. It's to um, the the other end of uh, the island to this little village of Metlakatla, which is the home of the Simcian Indians, the people of the mist. Now, the Simpson Indians, uh, they subsist uh, largely from, from fishing. So mm-hmm. that's why they live on the far end of the island. But for a good part of the year, that part of the island is inaccessible to the mainland because of weather. And that's why they needed this road to this part of the island where they could uh, – it was going to be good for the economy. They yeah. could be able to uh, you know, sell their, their fish, and, and, yeah. and also their children would have access to education. That was the whole purpose of, of this road. And so we climbed at the back of these military trucks, and uh, we're going across the island this on this partially you know half finished road and um, along the way there's um, uh, valleys and mountains and going along the, the mountainsides. and we'd stop periodically we interview guardsmen who are operating this heavy equipment and talk about their mission and getting some just amazing video beautiful weather by mm-hmm. the way oh I can imagine which was it, it's actually unusual for that. Um, Area that time of year they usually get rain, but we had three straight days of, of sunny weather, which they say was unheard of for them. But at any rate, we shooting lots of video. Eventually, end up in Metlakatla, and there's this ceremonial greeting, where Gene uh, Carnahan is there now, and um, the leaders of the Metlakatla community had this um, this ceremony where Gene Carnahan gave them a Missouri flag, and they gave. Uh, mrs carnahan a um, a gift of some sort for the missouri people to s- Oh, that's cool yeah show friendship and there was there was drums and there was a ceremonial dancing I think at some point um, they invited us all to get up and participate in this dance and they taught us a little bit about that, so it was very nice yeah. and uh, then Mrs Carnahan, the v i p she gets on her chopper heads back to catch can Tyler and I we get in our back of military trucks, <laughs> going back along the road and then back into the amphibious vehicle, and we get back to Ketchikan that way. So then I don't remember if it was that evening over dinner or maybe it was the next morning at breakfast. Um, but um, Mrs. Carnahan had, was really excited, and she told Tyler and me that she had a surprise for the governor. She really wanted to show us. Um, now, Tyler and I, we had bought little souvenirs that we were going to take home. I had gotten these little tiny totem poles I was going to bring home to my kids because there are actual totem poles in that part of yeah. Alaska. Um, what Mrs. Carnahan showed us. A couple of guardsmen carried in this big thing. She unwrapped part of it, and it was a totem pole, but it was like five or six feet long, and it was as <laughs> big around, <laughs> like bigger... full or, size. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, almost but, full size. Almost, but it was as big around as... Um, Telephone pole bigger, and had detachable wooden wings, and oh and she gosh. and um, the plan was that she wanted to surprise the governor. She knew that he would be greeting her on the tarmac
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the next day, and we had to be part of the uh, plan to distract him. She had this little conspiracy plan, and and so we followed through. So you know, eventually you know we we fly back reverse route, we land back in Jefferson City. And Governor Carnahan is uh, there on the tarmac um, to greet his wife. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a nice moment. I mean, it wasn't part of his campaign or anything like that. There was no press around. And we, we were there, but we our cameras were put away. It was, yeah. it was just, you know, it was a tender little moment, you know, gen, genuine affection. And then um, the plan went into effect where uh, we did as we were told we were supposed to do. Um, Mrs. Carnahan and Tyler and I um, kind of chat with the governor, this is kind of loose conversation circle. Lieutenant um, Spicer, I think, was part of that group, too. And as we're doing that, um, guardsmen, they're unloading the luggage into the back of some SUVs that's going to the governor's mansion kind of hurriedly, and they're sneaking this totem pole into the back of that SUV. Uh, and then it's Eventually, you know, we, we had chatted, joked a little bit about our experiences. It was time for me to go and for Tyler to go. My luggage was missing. My bag of dirty laundry, I think, somehow ended up at the governor's mansion in the rush Oh, refill.
0: no. <laughs> Such a hurry. They're just right. like, get it all. Get it right. everything.
2: I, but I get it back um, eventually, a couple of weeks later. But in the meantime, so I'm, I'm back at the TV station in the weeks, a week or so after this. The series isn't going to air um, until mid-November. And at this point, it was Mm mid-October. But we weren't going to air this series until after the elections, a big presidential election Mm -hmm. and the Senate race and so on. And after the 10 o'clock news one night, I'm at the station. I'm working on a project. must have been that project, I guess. I was reviewing some video or something, transcribing some interviews. I'm getting ready to write this. A story about Operation Alaska Road. Yeah, And a bulletin comes over Associated Press. This was after the 10 o'clock news. And it said that the governor's plane was missing. It had gone down in a thunderstorm. And three people had been on that plane. Um, in addition to the governor, it was the pilot of the plane who was the oldest son of the Carnahans, um, Randy Carnahan, and then a close family friend who was also um, a political aide mm-hmm. the Carnahan's had known for many years. And so I immediately take that information down to master control, and I'd written up something so we could kind of scroll it across the bottom of the screen. We didn't have social media at that time. But um, at least people who are watching our station late at night, they're getting, this update as we're getting it, but it's sketchy information. Yeah. We don't n- learn until the next morning um, that it's confirmed that the plane had crashed and that all three had died. Wow. So now we're only weeks away from the election. The Senate race has Mel Carnahan on the ballot. It's too late to change the ballot. His name is going to be on that ballot. And in the coming days, um, maybe a week later or so, there's a big funeral in Jefferson City. We send a reporter up there to Jefferson City covering this funeral for a governor and this grieving widow, uh, Jean Carnahan, is there. We still haven't aired this story on Operation Alaska Road. It becomes known that although Carnahan is going to be on the ballot, um, if he were to win somehow over John Ashcroft, that the lieutenant governor, now the sitting governor, would appoint the person who would actually take that seat. And Jean Carnahan had been under, um, I won't say pressure, but people have been speculating that maybe the widow would accept that. Yes. People had asked her to. Um, shortly before the election, maybe a week and a half, maybe or so, um, she makes the public announcement. That um, with the support and urging of her surviving family members that if her husband were to somehow actually win this election, uh, she would accept the position as U.S. senator for Missouri. Um, Election night comes all around. And most people remember the election of 2000 as... uh, Gore versus George W. Bush mm-hmm. and, and very close and coming down eventually to a court battle that um, ruled in favor of, of Bush. But um, for people of Missouri, they many will remember that election as the first time in U.S. history that a deceased candidate defeated another candidate for the U.S. Senate race. Wow. Mel Carnahan won. And then Gene Carnahan Was in a position where she was about to become the first female senator from the state of Missouri all of this had transpired between the time we finished shooting um, operation alaska road and it aired it wasn't going to air until mid-november so we had a decision to make and and we decided we could not include Jean carnahan in that story
0: really yeah
2: here's the problem um the story was never going to be about Carnahan anyway. She was yeah. she was really just a, a peripheral part of it. The focus was on the National Guard and what they were doing. And I thought if we show this story that has Jean Carnahan um, smiling and dancing and having fun in Alaska, and people know, that. wait a minute, this is a woman who just lost her husband and her son and close family friend. It would just be... The incongruity was going to be yeah, impossible. It was, good, sense, it was completely yeah. out of context, and um, so I, I wrote her out of the story. she, she wasn't. It wasn't necessary. We might have mentioned in a tag to the story that, by the way, she had been there, but she wasn't. We didn't have video
0: of any of that. So the whole conspiracy of moving the totem, you know, all that. The totem pole, right? That was. Everything. I don't think
2: that was ever going to be part of the story anyway. Really, that was that was, you know, that was one of those aside things. Really, the focus was was on the, the, national, yeah, guard, that, the, that the national guard, the national guard, and their mission and, and why they felt that this was important and mm-hmm. how it was helping um, some fellow Americans in Alaska. Um, so, by January. Um, by the time Gene Carnahan is, is sworn into office, the President-elect Bush had named his choice for U.S. Attorney General. And it was John Ashcroft, the man who Mel Carnahan had defeated for the U.S. Senate race. Gene mm-hmm. Carnahan, one of her first actions as U.S. Senator was gonna be presiding over confirmation hearings for the political rival of her husband and then voting on whether this man would become Attorney General. He did become Attorney General. That summer, um, Jean Carnahan was at the family home in Rolla, Missouri, it was a rural farmhouse. It was a place where she and her husband likely would have retired to spend the remaining years had things gone differently in the election. Mm-hmm. Um, the, both of them were, were in their sixties, but instead she's at a home alone here in this farmhouse and there's a thunderstorm lightning strikes the home she escapes the home burns oh my gosh and the story on the wires and elsewhere were telling that they lost lots of family mementos you know um i think there were photographs and awards i wondered if maybe a totem pole was among the things that burned in that family home this was on the night of september 8th the saturday night and point that out because less than three days later would be September 11th of 2001. And so everything changes. Suddenly. Yeah. And shortly after that, Jean Carnahan finds herself on the Senate committee investigating the events of 9-11. and. This woman, who less than a year before had lost her husband and her son and a close family friend in a plane crash, was investigating a terrorist attack in which the terrorists used airplanes as weapons. Wow. This is how much happens in less of a, less than a year. At some point that early that fall, I think it was in October, I receive a package in the mail, a big manila envelope. It's from the Missouri National Guard out of Jefferson City. And inside is a note from Lieutenant Tammy Spicer. Again, she was the media relations person. Mm -hmm. And she said she came across this and thought I might like to have it. And inside is a photo. And it was not a particularly great photo. It was not the composition wasn't great. The lighting wasn't great. I think most people probably would have thrown it away. But uh, Lieutenant Spicer sent it to me knowing that it would have some meaning for me. And in this photo is maybe four or five people standing in this loose conversation circle on the tarmac of an airport. And the sun is kind of low in the sky. And I see, I can make out Tyler and me. And I think Lieutenant Spicer might be in the shot. And it's Mr. and Mrs. Carnahan. And I know the significance of the photo. It's, I know exactly what was happening at that moment. I know when that photo was taken, we were distracting the governor so they could sneak <laughs> his totem pole into their vehicle. Yeah. And what made the photo so poignant, of course, wasn't the moment. It was how quickly everything changed after that moment. Not only for the Carnahan family, obviously, but for the nation. Yeah. Suddenly we were living in a post nine eleven world. I'm going to give you a quick... Postscript to the postscript, kind of an epilogue to this story, and I'll (laughs) wrap it up. It continues, yeah. Okay. Okay, So um, go forward now almost 10 years uh, to May of 2011. Um, Joplin tornado, Mm -hmm. Um, specifically to a week after the tornado. Sunday um, would have been May 29th. Um, President Obama is in Joplin. He's visiting the tornado damage, and he's going to be addressing the people of Joplin and I'm covering the event and we're covering it live. And because the Secret Service is involved, you have to get in your information, your media information a couple of days in advance and then you have to get in line on the day of and get your media mm-hmm. credentials to actually get into the venue. Oh. So, so I was in line, I was to get my credentials and something's not matching up. Something had been submitted wrong. I don't know if there was a number wrong on a birth date or on a social security number or something but something wasn't quite right and I couldn't get in. And there's this line of media behind me and photographers and I have got to get out of line. Oh. And I think I need to get into this event. My job is I'm going to be uh, was recovering live. I'm going to be ad living for some time as we're waiting for the governor for the president to speak and um I needed to be inside. I needed to see what was going on. And handling security for that event was the Missouri National Guard. So I asked a guardsman, I said, there's got to be someone I can talk to. There has to be someone who can help me out. And he looks around and he says, well, um, that woman over there is in charge of media relations. Her name is Major Tammy Spicer. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I go up to her. And I say, pardon me, Major, I'm sure you don't remember me. And she says, I remember you, Dow. And she's <laughs> Operation Alaska Road, yes. Gene Carnahan, yes. I explained the situation to her. She says, I can take care of this. And she vouched for me. She told the security people, says, I know this guy. He works for the local media. I told them who I was. And I got in to cover it.
0: Wow, 10 years later. Yeah.
2: So that's kind of the complete circle on Operation Alaska Road.
0: It kind of almost goes back to our last episode. In the beginning, we were talking about how you just never know how these events, not only, and this isn't so much as a perspective thing, but just how the events unfold in an instant. Like Mm -hmm. you said, the thing that happened, you know, all the events that happened in one year, and even so, even if it's a small thing, you know, getting in to get this coverage is just... Right, the pieces fitting together
2: right and how perspective changes you know when you're looking back on uh, sequence of events seemingly unrelated events and kind of the timeline how sometimes they fit together
0: yeah that is so neat well I think we'll wrap it up there that is a lot of adventures <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the start like I said we are still going to keep going with this um, next episode we're still kind of working out we have some ideas, um, you know, a slight teaser talking about your um, interviewing of clansmen and things yeah. things like that. Um, more to come. Obviously, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. If you're watching on the KWM Plus app, there's tons of great content on there. Or if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, wherever it is, we appreciate it. Uh, Thank you to our sponsors, CDL Electric and Grand Lake Casino. Dow, thank you as always. And we will catch you in the next episode.
1: When storms hit and your power goes out, you can trust your Generac generator to supply you with the emergency power you need to keep you and your family safe during a disaster. Control your power. Control your life with a Generac standby generator. Sold, installed, and maintained by CDL Electric. Don't get stuck without power this storm season. Call CDL Electric today at 800-392-4942.
0: Thank you for listening to KOAM Presents. For the latest content in local news, weather, and sports, please go to koamnewsnow.com.